You are listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. The following podcast may contain adult language, conversations surrounding adult situations that may not be suitable for younger listeners, as well as spoilers for the films discussed on this podcast. You have been warned. Now, come on in. how you doing? Lee here. Yet again, another intermission episode, which of course means didn't have the time or plans fell through for an episode during the week, and I at least had time to crank out one of these. Uh, I think this is episode 19, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds about right. But yeah, I did have time on the weekend to at least do this. Uh, Plans fell through for our original episode we were going to do, which was going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original film, as a little mini tribute to Toby Hooper, but during the weekend, we had a little uh, last minute onset of summer weather, where it got very, very hot and very humid, and I got no sleep at all, I tried to take a nap before doing the podcast, I was basically intending to take a little nap, wake up, rewatch. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, finalized my notes and do the podcast, but I got no sleep. I laid in bed for about seven hours, and by the time I woke up, I was feeling sick and exhausted. I almost decided to go into outpatients, to be quite frank with you guys. I think I suffered a little bit of heat exhaustion. I wouldn't go so far as to say heat stroke, which is a totally different thing, but um, I think I was suffering from some heat exhaustion, and I felt better afterwards, felt normal again, but for a little while there was touch and go, and I just couldn't do the podcast, so that was on me more than anything else. Plan on doing it this upcoming weekend, uh, get Daniel and Paul together and do that, and should be a lot of fun, although it'll be a challenge to see if we can find anything new and interesting to say about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which has just been done to death by every podcast out there pretty much, at least the horror ones. But yeah, that's the plan for that. If you have not done so already, check me out on City of the Dead, my other podcast where I'm co-host with James Murphy, where we're looking at the Amicus films, and we've made it up to Asylum, which is one of the truly great films from Amicus. And next up, we're going to be doing Tales from the Crypt, which we hope to be recording this upcoming week. And it's just a lot of fun. get to just watch these old movies and geek out about them. We only do one episode a month, so we got a long ways to go, even with the Amicus stuff. And I just look forward to every episode I do with James. I think this is our best episode yet so far, since I've taken over as co-host. And after we finish the Amicus stuff, we plan on even going farther into the future and, you know, checking out related films. So, yeah, if you're into that sort of stuff, if you're into Amicus or Hammer, some of that old uh, style horror before the sort of new wave of horror came out in the 70s, 
check it out. I think we do a pretty good job. Also of note, I recently recorded with the maestro himself of podcasting, the the guy, one of those guys out there who just tries to pull the community together and uh, tries to connect with everybody. That would be one Gary Hill of Cinema Beef. I recorded with him and the wild man Willis Wheeler and we did Cut and Run and Blood Tracks which was a lot of fun to do. I'm not quite sure when that episode's coming out. I'll link to Cinema Beef of course in the show notes but of course I'll also just be linking the hell out of the episode when it eventually does come up. Um, He was planning on having it out for Thursday but Plans obviously fell through, he got busy or whatever. Expect it very, very soon. It was a lot of fun. We, we, I think we got a lot out of two movies that you might not necessarily think people would get a lot out of. So uh, that's really, really cool. A little bit of a note on what's coming up next month on the podcast. Uh, like last year in October, planning on making it a big special extravaganza kind of thing for the podcast again. I have some episodes already planned out, and of course, I plan on doing a bunch of sort of just extra bonus shows as well, like at least one every week. The episodes I potentially have planned out here, and these are just, you know, tenuous plans at this time. There's nothing set in stone. I'm looking to do uh, another Argento episode with Suspiria and The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Looking to do a silent film and just a classic uh, old film pairing up Haxon with The Testament of Dr. Mabuza. And I also plan on rounding out the Gates of Hell uh, trilogy from uh, Lucio Fulci. We already did uh, Host by the Cemetery. So plan on finishing that off by doing The Beyond and City of the Living Dead. And of course as well, the Wolfman himself, Lee Van Teeth, will be back for his third annual Halloween rock and roll show. So that's also something to look forward to. Two hours of power there from Lee Van Teeth. He's contractually obligated here, folks, so uh, he will deliver. He always does. So yeah, look forward to that. Look forward to that. Uh, and if you guys any if any of you guys out there have um, and if any of you guys out there have any suggestions for the bonus material, horror-related stuff you want to see us maybe cover, uh, maybe just in a short episode or whatever, let us know. Anything. Could be movie reviews, it just could be uh, horror movie-related topics of some sort, like what are your top ten this, what are your top ten that, yada, yada, yada. Doesn't matter. Anything that looks interesting, we'd probably do it. So uh, let us know. You know, get in contact with us on our actual Facebook page. They must be destroyed on site on Facebook. That's the best way to get in contact with us and let us know what you think, what you want to see, what you want to hear. There you go. Okay, we're going to cut off for a little bit of music, maybe a promo or two for some podcasts I really, really enjoy. And then we'll be coming back to, unfortunately, talk about a couple of people who have died recently. This is a distress call from across time and space. I am Babs the automated biological support system for the humanoid known as the witch. 
which versus the Doomsday Clock is the weekly chronicle of his fight for survival and entertainment on the junk heap of the future. Episodes are transmitted in 15-minute pulses across the Dimensional Divide weekly for your listening pleasure. As you will learn, the future is not set in stone, and a flux capacitor is a girl's best friend. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash witch vs the doomsday clock. The replicant known as witch can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr and Instagram by searching for T-H-E-W-Y-C-H. The Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Now in the words of Lord Humongous. Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. Hello and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I'm Richard. And I hate the burning. Shh, who are you? Speak. <laughs> and I'm Brad. She came in and said, bark, 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 <laughs> and he said, bark, 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 and she said, bark, 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 bark. that's what I got. One is the Suspiria boner, the other is the Inferno boner. <laughs> which, anyway. Which one is crying? <laughs> The boner of tears. <laughs> Hello, this is the Doomed Show. Is available on Hello Doomed Show. and Doomed Moviethon. com. Hello.
right, we're back, and uh, now we're going to talk about two unfortunate deaths. First off, I want to mention briefly Frank Vincent, who died in... I don't want to sound too dismissive here, but I don't really have a lot to say about Frank Vincent dying, other than I thought he was a really excellent character actor. You know him from Scorsese stuff, Goodfellas, Casino, and then, of course, probably most well-known these days for his turn in Sopranos. And he was just one of those Italian character actors. I think he started out as a musician and, from what I understand, sort of hooked up with Joe Pesci early on. They did a movie called Family Enforcer, and I think it's better known by some other title. It's some obscure, sort of almost sub-grindhouse kind of uh, Italian mafia film that came out in the 70s, which I need to find and watch, actually, because it sounds really interesting, but... Yeah, Frank Vincent. Uh, you'll you look at him and you'll see him and you'll you'll know who he is. And uh, he's just one of those recognizable sort of character actor faces that did the stereotypical Italian gangster part, basically. And he did it really well. Did it better than a lot of them. So uh, I think he was seventy eight or something when he passed away. So good fucking run there. But then we need to move on to someone that's it's going to be a little difficult to talk about because I'm hesitant to just lavish this guy with praise and talk about what an icon and a legend he was because he's a guy who was all about shitting on those ideas. He was a guy who didn't like being called a character actor. He's a guy who didn't like being called an icon or a legend, and that's Harry Dean Stanton, who died this weekend at age 91. And, um, yeah, I just hesitate trying to throw too many labels on this guy i mean is it too out of bounds to call this guy sort of a renaissance man or a troubadour or something along those lines i mean a musician an actor uh sort of a beatnik poet type of guy served in world war ii just worked his way up through hollywood doing all kinds of bit parts was in the industry for about what 50 to 60 years of his life and man, I mean, when he starred in Cool Hand Luke, he was 41 at that point. And that was, what, 67, I think it was. Yeah. Stanton was just one of those actors who, even if the movie he was in wasn't great, he was always great in it. And I always enjoyed watching him in whatever I was watching him in. And maybe I'll, I'll just humbly throw out some recommendations for some of you people who may have not seen him in shit somehow. I mean, I don't know how that's possible at this point. Guy was 91 years old, and he at the very least was seen by two and a half to three generations growing up in movies, and was known by his own generation and a couple previously subsequent generations that were around to see him in movies. So... I don't know how you don't know who he is. If you don't, then, well, I feel sorry for you, but I also kind of feel really happy to know that you're going to get to discover this guy's performances if you haven't seen them. So, I mean, stuff that comes to mind for me personally, um, even just some bit parts I'll mention here too as well, but, I mean, his turn in Pretty in Pink, which is the best thing in that film, as Molly Ringwald's downtrodden father, who tries his best, even though he's just in a state of depression because his wife left him and he has no job, but even then he's still a good dad. Repo Man, of course, is probably the classic one that everyone goes to, and rightly so. I mean, (laughs) 
so many quotable lines from his character Bud in that one. Uh, especially the one, look at those assholes. Ordinary fucking people. I hate them. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Christine, Escape from New York, Alien, of course. An amazing turn in his uh, starring role in Paris, Texas from 84. Uh, he was even in The Godfather Part 2. Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, one of my personal favorites. Tulane Blacktop, Kelly's Heroes, Cool Hand Luke, like I mentioned. Then he had all these collaborations with David Lynch later on in his career. He was in the Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me, and he was just recently in the Twin Peaks revival, the third season. So he got to have a little send out there. And, uh, I mean, he was one of those guys, he was one of those cool guys who was loved and respected by the the real cool fucking people in cinema and sort of counterculture and things like that. Again, I don't want to get too fucking lavishing the guy of praise and trying to say how cool he was and shit, because if you didn't know already, you probably will never know. And again, he wasn't about having people talk him up. But I mean, he was a guy, obviously, that people like Hunter Thompson and David Lynch really loved and respected. And you can see that when they talk about him. Um, I mean, they have the Harry Dean Stanton Award, and he won the first one, and David Lynch introduced him in that and all that shit. So, I mean, man, I gotta say, man, the, the guy really is a part of pop culture or is a part of just what it is to be cool the guy was a seemed like a really grounded just genuine cool human being and had a very sort of rational outlook on life i mean the guy smoked and drank till he was 91 and he's keeled over now and he went out on his own terms from the sounds of things i mean the guy looked like he was 91 for like the last 30 years of his life and he didn't seem to give a shit he, he seemed like he just enjoyed life and enjoyed people and enjoyed doing what he did. And it comes out in his performances. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't done the due diligence and looked into the stuff he's done, why are you even listening to this podcast right now? Just fucking go and find Harry Dean Stanton films and watch him. And watch one of the truly great performers. I mean, it, it's it's kind of hard to imagine that he's dead or that he was that old because he doesn't seem like he was. He doesn't seem he he's not in that group of oh this this generation's dying out. You you don't kind of think of him in that context. You don't think of him in the Ernest Borgnine context, you know, or the Don Rickles context or whatever. Like all those sort of classic more mainstream guys who are also really, really cool at the same time. He doesn't seem to run in that circle, but he was a contemporary of those people. And I don't know, man. He was singular. That's probably the best thing I can say about the guy. He was singular. And now he's gone. So check out his movies. And don't let the memories die. Okay, we're going to get some promos for some other shows and some more music, and we'll be back with a couple of movie reviews. Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts is a weekly podcast that discusses all things Grindhouse, Exploitation, Drive-In, and B-Movies. Your three hosts, Mike. We're going to discuss the Rene Martinez-directed picture, The $6,000 
Last what? Time. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That's the name of the Super movie. Super Soul that's, Brother. That's the name. When you that's start the movie. DVD cover. When you start the movie, the first thing that's that comes up says. is the title, and it says $6,000. Mark. And I've been around a girl stroking a horse's dick. Somehow, somewhere down the line, I'm going to use that clip against you. Shh. <laughs> Please do. And listener favorite, Iris. The deployment sock. And I'm like, deployment sock? What the fuck is a deployment sock? He goes, you know, you know that sock that you just use? Oh, my God. You guys are so gross. <laughs> See, so it happens for real. People do come inside. We'll make you question your political correctness while laughing at theirs. Episodes drop Sunday and can be found by searching for BB and BC Podcast via iTunes, Lipson, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and everywhere else you can download quality podcasts from. You can also listen to episodes directly from the show's website at bbnbcpodcast.com. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it utterly. Send Rick and Danny in wool rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the Visua screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud 2? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? Oh, I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Hell Ming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Hell Ming. Breaking two? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flash Dance? <laughs> <laughs> we might destroy the planet if it's Flash Dance. <laughs>
the show with a few really quick mentions of stuff I watched and just sort of maybe give my brief thoughts on them. Try to uh, go in on a bit more of a positive note than uh, just being all depressed about Harry Dean being dead. So, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that, that was tough to uh, spit out. But yeah, recently I watched a movie that I've sort of wanted to watch for a while now. Just never really got around to it, and it was Fracture from 2007, uh, Ryan Gosling and Anthony Hopkins, and Anthony Hopkins plays this, I guess he's a architect or some sort of mechanical designer or engineer or whatever, who tries to kill his cheating wife. Then he goes to trial for attempted murder. She's in a coma after being shot, and he basically is one of these guys who thinks he's a lot smarter than he really is and you know he's sort of tried to set up the perfect murder where he can defend himself in court and get out and uh, escape justice and of course Ryan Gosling is uh he's this young upcoming district attorney who is a hot shot looking towards upward mobility for his career so he's willing to take shortcuts but he discovers that he can't do this with Anthony Hopkins, and Anthony Hopkins makes it his mission to personally mess with this kid. Ryan Gosling decides, well, maybe I should do the right thing for once and try to take this guy down. And even if it means sacrificing my career to do so. And it's it's kind of interesting. It, it's silly as fuck. It really is a silly movie. It feels like a 90s movie. and It's, it's one of those films where there's a lot of implausibilities... And the solution to the murder, which is fairly clever, but at the same time becomes really, really obvious when you go back and think about it. But the thing I like about this is the performances. I think Gosling's really good in this. I think Anthony Hopkins is really good in this, even though he's sort of just playing a dumbed-down version of Hannibal Lecter. But even then, in this movie, at least he's giving a fuck. Which is pretty rare for Anthony Hopkins. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love me some Anthony Hopkins, but he generally phones in a lot of his shit. 
and here he's not. Here he's having a pretty good time, and when you're watching Anthony Hopkins have a pretty good time on screen, then you're going to have a pretty good time, I think. So it's a recommend for me. It's a fun film. It's one I think might have flown under the radar for a lot of people, too, because it was just, you know, courtroom drama, thriller. Those films just sort of come out a dime a dozen, especially the last 20, 30 years. So... But it's actually a pretty good one, so worth checking out. There's some fun stuff in it, some good performances, so there you go. Next one I'm going to mention is a horror film from Iran. It is Under the Shadow from 2016, and this revolves around a sort of progressive female uh, character in Iran, which is, if you want a horror story, there's horror enough for you. Trying to be a progressive female in uh, 1980s Iran during the war with Iraq. I guess it was uh, the period called the the War of the Two Cities or something along those lines. And so, yeah, basically, you know, women are rarely seen and never heard in that society, especially at that point. She was wanting to be a doctor. She was wanting to study to be a doctor, but uh, her leftist viewpoint during the revolution in Iran has left her uh, unable to make any forward progress in her life. There's a stigma there. And so she's left being a housewife with a young daughter. Her husband is a doctor who ends up being conscripted in the army and going to the front line. And she's left in the apartment alone with her daughter. And of course, there's another assortment of people in the apartment as well. So you get to sort of see the day-to-day Iranian life as bombs are dropping around them in the city. I guess it's set in Tehran. And it's really interesting. It's creepy as fuck. Essentially, the supernatural in this film, it comes in very, very slowly. Slow build kind of film, but it works very well the way they do it. Uh, There is CGI ghost stuff going on in this film, but it's non-intrusive. It's used very very little and and just in the right points but essentially what it is is the idea of a uh jinn evil spirit you know somehow comes into the building and tries to steal her daughter away and there's a lot of commentary both on being a woman in that period in iran as well as just commentary on uh, iranian family life and the clash between sort of new progressive ideas and traditional, more religious fundamentalist ideas, uh, superstition and myth, all these things are sort of little, you know, touched upon, maybe not necessarily gone into great detail, but there's enough there to chew on, and I think the performances in this are really great as well. There's a really good mother-daughter story here that's uh, really engaging. It's no coincidence that essentially... The jinn manifests itself as a massive, all-enveloping burqa. I mean, it's making a pretty on-the-nose point right there. So uh, it, it's definitely worth checking out, and I, I had a lot of fun with it. I usually don't like paranormal, sort of haunting kind of films, but this was an exception to the rule. Uh, next, I want to mention Outland from 1981. Sean Connery, Peter Boyle, sort of remake of High Noon. But it's set in a sci-fi setting. Uh, The world building here is... It makes everything sort of seem like it's in the same world as Alien, honestly. And I mean, it's obviously very informed by Alien. The sort of set design and how everything's presented. Sort of working class people on a mining colony. There's this drug running operation going on. And Sean Connery is the new marshal of the colony. 
and he decides to put his own personal ethics and morals uh, above just, you know, playing ball with Peter Boyle as this really scumbag manager of the colony who is running the drug operation to the detriment of even his family life. Uh, Sean Connery's willing to do the right thing here. It's a great real update on High Noon. Uh, don't don't go into this thinking, ah, uh, fucking remake, because it's much more than that. It's actually kind of a minor sci-fi classic, I think. It's it's really well acted. There's a lot of good tension and suspense, and it's really worth checking out if you haven't seen it. it it's kind of a underappreciated film, I think. It really is. It's kind of an overlooked, underappreciated film. And I think I'll end it there. We'll go out on a song from Harry Dean Stanton. As I mentioned, he was a musician himself, so uh, we'll go out on a piece of music from him. Thank you guys for listening. Find us at tmbdos.podbean.com, where you can find all of our episodes. You can find our iTunes slash Apple Podcast link, our YouTube link, and our Facebook link. Please join our Facebook group. They must be destroyed on site on Facebook. That's the best place to find us. And until next time, take us out, Harry. In twilight glow I see her Blue eyes crying in the rain When we kissed goodbye and parted I knew we'd never meet again Love is like a dying ember Only memories remain And through the ages I'll remember Blue eyes crying in the rain
Thank you for listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For past episodes and links to our iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook group, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. There you can also find links to other podcasts and websites of similar interest. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, please consider giving us a five-star rating and a review. Please join our Facebook group, as it's the single best place to get in contact with the hosts and to know what's coming up on the podcast. Thank you. Drive through.